to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. Tracy, you're screen. Yeah? screen. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me fix that. Uh, um, Tra Tracy? Yeah? Is that text you're reading from, Um, I think, I'm not sure, but is that color by any chance powder blue? It. Oh my gosh, it is. Oh... <laughs> Why would you ask that though? That is the weirdest question to ask. I, Excuse me, yeah. but my eyes just literally rolled out of my head. I have to find them and put them back. <laughs> you have to go pick them up. <laughs> go pick them up. Like I am, I would never use that phraseology in terms of referring to a color, a color of blue. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think the only time I've ever seen that phrase and was when I was picking out my pool. Oh really? <laughs> Like what phrase? Which is Powder interesting. Blue. I was just going to ask if there's any meaning behind that that I don't know about. <laughs> well, I, I I can tell you. Oh, uh, let me introduce our guest for okay. tonight first. First of all, we have Heidi and Aaron joining us. Thank Hello. you. Good to be here. Good to be here. And Skip your waiters. A, a special guest that we haven't had on for three years, kind of going all the way back to the to the A's is someone that joined us for the Stevie P concert just earlier this year. And we actually heard tonight's song as the encore of that concert. And uh, it's my distinct honor to welcome back to our show to discuss tonight's song, J uh, Jason Toos. Yay! I'd like to point out that I grabbed that set list for you. I risked you did, my I life and limb to climb on oh, that I stage. thought you kept that, Heidi. You got that No, I gave it to Tracy because you know why, Aaron? I'm a giver. You I'm are. Giver. You're like the you know, giving very, tree. She is. I'm a very generous person. You are. I dare say you're the giver. I am yeah. the giver. <laughs> right. I am the you giver. color to the world. <laughs> So that means Tracy owes me one uh, when he sees Bernie Ladies uh, because he has better tickets than I do. And I have pretty good. Oh, that reminds me. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, uh -oh. no. Uh-oh. Did we lose Tracy? Uh, he disappeared into the... <laughs> into the void. Into the great beyond into the, the powder blue yonder, into the powder blue yonder <laughs> tracy it is not a a big present it is not it, it, it you know i didn't have to spend a, a ton of money on it but um i did want to say thank you to you guys oh that is so cool by yeah. getting you stickers oh yeah. nice those are great. Very nice. Those yeah. are great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, tonight's song is Powder Blue. If you've never heard the song before, here is a quick snippet. Powder Blue Always suited you Or was your suitor too Until your Powder Blue Go! 
the things that Steven said when he did not the most recent concert that we attended, but he also did this for his encore in when I saw the trio just before COVID happened. And he said as part of the intro to this song that it was inspired when he saw a pool. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. No, no, no. Um, I'm thinking of the movies The Graduate and um, Being John Malkovich right now. Oh. oh! And I could definitely... There, there's a pool scene in both of those that have kind of a... Not typically what you'd associate with pools feeling to them. Not exactly a, hey, nice, relaxed, happy feel. More of a, I'm floating in this void of ennui <laughs> which um this song definitely captures the feeling of it's a it's definitely an existential dread song in addition to being a sad relationship song <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i, I we'll, we'll get to the just what it's about but yeah i don't know i i do see the lyrics like i one powder blue totally makes sense because you know that like i said before that's the only place i've ever seen the term powder blue is is in picking out like the color for a pool but also the the line where she, where he says that you're in you're going off the deep end yeah i was like okay that probably was like one of the first lines and then he built makes sense yeah start from the fun Right. <laughs> Always. Best way to write. There are several puns and funny lines in this, even though it's a very sad song. Uh, but oh, that's, so good. That's Stephen Page, man. That's Stephen. We know. We know you listen to come on the show, please. <laughs> well, know. let me ask you. First of all, sorry. Go ahead. Let me ask you, Aaron. First of all, what so what album is this not from? Was it cut oh, off? Oh, okay. You, you, you almost fooled me there. Yeah, thanks. You threw me a curveball. I, I actually do know this one, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, too. Oh, so you want to go? Because it was spoiled for me. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and Because I honestly looked into this, because I, I, okay. I never heard this song until you pointed it out to me, and now I'm very thankful I, I know about this song. Yeah. Um, and then I, thought, <laughs> and I found it very weird to get pulled from the album, but it was the Maroon album. Yeah. Like, it was supposed, it was supposed mm -hmm. to be on it. But they took it off, and I'm like, is, was there a reason for that? Was that ever, like, given by... It was anyone? too good for their best album. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. I mean, and then they got re-released on a single, but wasn't even, the, like, the main title song uh, of the single. If I, no, no, Tracy... Yeah, wasn't that also the stage, though, where they were starting to say, you know, we don't want any outside um, rights, yeah. so we're, you know, Duffy Page... We're not yeah. gonna... Oh, was this a Duffy Dem Page song specifically? Yeah, it's a Duffy Page. Oh, my God. Oh, you gave it away. That was no, my next no, question. No, oh. I did not know that. I did not know that, but it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and my God, it's such a fantastic song. I, I actually had not heard this either until I, I went to the Stephen Page show with you guys. And uh, I think you could probably see my jaw on the floor uh, from almost the word go when, when the very sad kind of like, almost rusty guitar sound came in with the, with the triplets mm -hmm. and then the descending bass line and all the minor. And it was, it was like he wrote this knowing that someday a, a sad music major <laughs> who went to jazz school would listen to it and love it. <laughs> was, was there eventually a version of Maroon that includes this, like an extended cut or something? Yes. Good, so because they... that means I can say Maroon is my favorite album. <laughs> <laughs> Just that specific version. My, my favorite BNL album, but definitely, yeah. It was the 20th anniversary one that they just uh, released a couple of years ago. Yeah. Or um, last year. But I am correct on that, Tracy. Like, it was eventually released as part of like a uh, single, right? 
or correct was it, it was it was on the pinch me single that's right. for europe and it was on the too little too little no wait no let me get that right it was on the pinch me single for australia it was on the too little too late single for europe and on both of them obviously it was the b-side and I feel like I interrupted you earlier, Heidi. Did you have something to say? I apologize. I was just going to talk about the color because there's some interesting stuff out here about the color powder blue. And so first of all, uh, powder blue has been around as a color since about the mid 1600s, which is really interesting. Wow. wow. It was oh, called, it's like a shade of blue. Yeah. It's oh. called powder blue because it was powdered smalt or cobalt glass. Oh my God! So that for laundering and for dyeing fabrics, and oh. it started to be used as a regular color name of powder blue in the late 1800s. So really interesting, and especially I mean blue. If you're into color theory, um, blue is like sensitivity, and it's a really good uh, relationship color. Um, so there's a lot Not this song. with, with <laughs> powder blue and, and what it symbolizes, like uh, imagination, inspiration, sensitivity. Um, but it's it's definitely a, a lot to relationships um, in terms of blue, um, sincere, sympathetic, communicative, which is really interesting the way he uses the song. But the color is, it's because it's not a vibrant blue. It's not like a, it's not a navy blue. It's not a, a, a patriotic or what you would consider mm-hmm. a, a strong blue. It's very light, mm-hmm. um, not quite baby blue, but it's it's a very light, light blue. But there you go. So that's the history of blue. And... <laughs> We could only, human beings could only see blue, uh, develop the ability to distinguish it from other colors very recently. Mm, Very interesting fact. Yeah, that's why I believe in the Odyssey, Homer described, or was it the Iliad? Uh, He described the sea as being wine dark. They didn't have a word for blue. Mm. Oh. Interesting. Powder blue is made of 69% red, 88% green, and 90% blue. The more you know. Yeah. The more you know. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. If I add those percentages up. What would that say? Yeah, that doesn't quite equal 100%, is it? No. Uh, That's definitely fascinating. I did not know that. Um, I was kind of curious on where the name Powder Blue even came from for the song, um, or even lyrically what it had to do. There's a few other bands that have a song named Powder Blue. I think Ween has one. Yes, they do. um, So that's interesting. yeah. And it's but it's also a very light. It's almost so light that's a the, that it's ethereal. Mm-hmm. So it's almost transparently blue. Like it's not again, it's very wispy, ethereal. Yeah. It's a very 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 light blue. Well, I was wondering if it had something to do with like the shade of, that your lips turn when you die or something, but I'm also very morbid. So maybe that's... It does <laughs> actually, like if you've seen the end of, or mm-hmm. seen any of um, Bates Motel, her lips are... Oh yeah, love that ...much show. that particular color. And she... Mm. Yeah, it would be about right. She wears a lot of that color, which is interesting because in the original um, mm. course, she was married and buried in a dress, periwinkle blue. 
Uh, forget the sheriff's wife saying periwinkle blue. Um, and it's so it's very close to powder blue. Periwinkle's very blue. Yeah, it's almost a periwinkle is almost like a violet offset of, yeah. of powder blue. Yeah. Okay. Powder is almost again, it's it's very uh I, I not thin blue, but it's 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 almost non-existent blue. It's mm-hmm. very, very, very light. Oh yeah, I just looked it yeah. up. It, yeah, it's it's very it's almost like sky blue, but not as bright. No, definitely yeah. not as bright. It's it's like a haze, a blue yeah. haze. Blue haze. I mean, you see it, and you do think of it of powder, like when yeah. you see it. I love this song so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Not not to tip my hand, but oh my oh, god, I love this song. I just say it's I just know, like, 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 oh like I didn't know it, I didn't know it existed until Tracy told me yeah. about it, and it's literally one of my favorite, if not one of my top five at least. And I believe Aaron at the uh, Stephen Page show was like, yeah. "Oh, now I get it," and now. Yeah. Really have to like now. I really like the song. I have to take a second listen. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Know this this one. This one really like I, that whole show was so wonderful. But like, uh, this song was just the moment for me of that that whole show. Like, oh, oh my absolutely. god. Absolutely. And was this was my moment. moment with Steven years ago outside. Oh really? Oh, I think in Manchester it might have been a long time ago, and I got a chance to talk to him as I had many times. And I said, "Powder Blue is probably the best song I have ever heard." <laughs> it's just. Well, I wonder what, uh, what Heidi's going to be writing this one. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm I'm hoping that you guys will help me tonight with oh with uh, oh, breaking down what the song is about. Oh god. Um, oh god. Because I'm going to need help with that. But I I do like the way that Paul Myers described this song. That was it. in his book. So in his book of about bare naked ladies he wrote down he had very little information specifically about this song which is interesting because he followed them on this tour for that book and like broke down this album in distinct detail like a whole chapter and a half about it did he write down what nothing mentioned about this huh so did he write down what effing key it's in? <laughs> I got you, Aaron. No. I got okay. you. Thank I got God. it. I was going to say, like, um, I'm really out of practice with analyzing songs. Oh, I got you. But, but even Aaron was struggling. So I got you. I had to um, my... But the way that... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. The way that Paul describes this... The way that Paul describes this is a dark cinema noir piece okay. reminiscent of Spike-era Elvis Costello. Yeah, oh. I could definitely hear that. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that describes it like perfectly. Like, it, really, it is. It, I, I can't describe it any better than that. Like, this uh, I mean, uh, it, just the lyrics alone, the things like an emo- it's a mo- emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Like, 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 it's just. <laughs> I don't know. It's... Well, why don't why don't we get into the music? I'm going to hand it over to to the three of you that understand <laughs> music much better than me. Well, I'm going to go first. And... But I do want to yeah. ask a question yeah. before you guys get too in deep. Yeah. On the actual album version, so not the live version. I sent down a number of different versions uh-huh. this week, but on the album version, is that a fucking theremin that that Kevin is playing at the beginning, or is that just Jim playing arc bass, arco bass? I don't, I don't know. Is one of the same uh, thing with that? Uh, uh, I, no.
concert, um, there's a weird contraption that Kevin plays that, that Kevin's playing around with on stage when he's doing the noises, but it's not the it, same as what's on on the album. So I just want to want some help with it. It doesn't that. sound like a theremin to me. Um because the distinction between the notes is very crisp. It, it's it's fading in the way that a theremin might and out, but it's not sliding and un, unsteady the way that a theremin usually be, would be. So I, I don't think it's a theremin. Right. I mean, it seemed like Heidi had some idea on that. She she jumped on me really quickly what, about what, that. Do you know what it is, Heidi? <laughs> the, the opening, the guitar part? Not the, well, no, the, the behind the guitar that's like, Right. Oh yeah, that. It's that. I was I was guessing it was an arc bass. That, that I mean that it was Jim playing the bass with the bow, but no, I don't think it's that either. When they do it in concert, they have Kevin on on a synth. Is it a saw? Is he playing a saw? It almost sounds like a saw. I think it's a synth. I think it's a synth. It's like a synth board. <laughs> I think you're right, Aaron. I think it's synth. I think it is. Whatever yeah. it is, it's beautiful. Like it gives a haunting. Maybe it's like a nice. synth, but he manipulates the pitch of the synth. Maybe. Yeah, that or like uses. I've done this before in my band. Like I'll have a synth pad little... and I'll, I'll slowly bring the fader up and control it and maybe fade it in and out like that manually. That's that's well, what let it me, like. I'm going to show you guys real quick a video of it live, okay. and then we'll get back to the breakdown. Sorry about no, no, that. No, no. I'm but I, I, I thought maybe we would have a quick answer on that. But um, let me share the screen. No quick answer on this song. No, I, I mean that's that's a good thing too. Um, let me let me give a full screen here. And there's two things I'm going to point okay. out real quick. One is that I'm going to I'm going to back to the end of the song here so you can see what Kevin is actually playing. Maybe you can identify it. Um, but then the other part is I'm going to go to the bridge real quick to to give you a sample of what they do live in concert with this when they played it, which is so incredibly different than what they did on the um, album. But I wish they would add it onto the album. I wish they had done it for when they released it in the 20th anniversary. Uh, so let me I'm going to wait for Heidi to come back real quick and I'll load this up. Yeah, I think I know what it is. Maybe not. I think it's just a synth, man. Uh, 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 for a second, I thought it was, I don't know how to pronounce this. Maybe Heidi can tell me. Uh, oh, is yes. Ondi's Martinot or Ondi's Martinot or Ondis Martinot. It, it means, uh, it's French for, um, it's French for, uh, uh, what is it French for? <laughs> Martinot waves, yeah. So it's an early electronic instrument. Uh, it's kind of, it has some wire on top of it, almost like a theremin, and it creates that sound, but it actually uses um, a keyboard. And Johnny Greenwood plays it for, for a Radiohead on the song National Anthem. I thought it might be that. It has a very theremin sound to it, but this looks like a regular synth with just like an interesting voice. It has that wedge gray shape. It doesn't look like one of those analog to see, instruments. It was something AUS, but I couldn't see mm. what it was. Oh, maybe, maybe that could be, that could be. 
Oh, I got it. It's it's a H A U S synth. Well, and I'm wondering if a maybe house. you're right, and like, that's what he played when he did it like live. Like I mean, when he did it, because um, it sounds slightly different on the album. <laughs> It sounds much yes. less electronic on the it's, album. Does the like, band Bauhaus it's, it's got the adjustment, um, like keys, the fader keys up top. Yeah. Um, so it looks like it's that. But hold on. It's <laughs> just zooming in on it. I'm just trying to figure out. Anyway, it's it's a keyboard, but it's got fader keys up top for each one. So yeah, it's okay. It's, okay. It's a kind yeah. Of a, yeah, it's a like poise. Yeah, Kevin, please come on the show. We know you listen. Come on and tell us what you're playing on this song. We'd really love to know. I know, right? I would really like like to know. I know oh, it's the U.S. Interesting. Interesting. Kevin's always yeah. got the coolest like huh. toys. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah, um, but I pulled you guys away from the from the uh, breakdown. So Heidi and, and Aaron with the help, help from two. So will you give, guys give us a musical breakdown? I want to throw out my meager notes such as they are, and then have Heidi correct me and or set the record straight. Cause that this one. Okay. okay so uh, powder blue was recorded at approximately 110 beats per minute <laughs> that I'm fine with. Uh, in, in my notes, I wrote in the key of question marks. <laughs> um, so for a while, Heidi, I was thinking D Phrygian, but I I really can't think of a single traditional key or mode nope. that contains all of these chords. Clearly, we've got some borrowed chords well, here. Well, I've got quite a few of them. Um, <laughs> there's a lovely descending line where we go from F sharp to F to E, for instance, which I love. But I'm lost as to what key we're actually yeah, in. The tonal center. Sorry, go ahead, Tess. No, I was just going to say, and the first thing I noticed when going through the chords was they definitely play around with the B chord a lot. Like it jumps around from you know, like a B major to like B minor to a B7. Yeah. So whatever, whatever they're doing, they're definitely well, playing around with that chord a lot. I've always loved songs that slowly change the chords by changing components within them. Um, the tonal center seems to be D minor. So maybe I'm overthinking yes. it and it's just D you're minor. You're halfway there. Four. Oh, you're the halfway a. there. Oh, <laughs> I'm living out of prayer. <laughs> so yeah. B minor okay. was one tonal center and then A was the other one I picked up on. So please elaborate for me because I would love to know. Okay. So what I have, because it, it, I I really spent some time with this. So for one thing, it's drop detuning. So okay. that so that's a, that's a shift anyway. And I had to rip apart the tablature note. <laughs> so you've got Whoops, sorry. So you've got that, and those three notes are C, E, G. Right. Then it goes into B, D, G. So we have a G, but it's a five, six chord. So it's a G six. Uh, okay. The meaning, of course, that the third is in the bass. So the second, ba da da ba da da ba da, then it shifts to B D G. The notes B D G, which would be a G chord in first inversion. Yeah. Then the next chord goes to an A E G, which I interpreted to be just be an A seventh chord. Yeah. Okay. Without the third. Right. 
And then it goes into a C minor chord. Yes. <laughs> and so what I have, I have him taking from two. I have him in C major and then going into D minor. Okay. So yeah. Major chord. So it's a one, five, six, six, seven, minor six, seven, mm. minor one. And then in the chorus, it's very basic. He's got the G chord, but without the G. So it, it's D minor. You're going. And then he goes into the G chord, but without the, the bass note. Off the deep end. Then back to D minor. I'm going over all the things I've got to say. So he does the D minor to G there. So it could still be, it could be like a, because a, a minor two, minor yeah. two. Five, minor two, five, minor two, five. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking because everything I saw had it in D. I was like, that's wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's not right. My son was in D major and I looked at him like, this doesn't make any yeah, sense. And, no then, and then when he gets to that middle section of the baby between you right. and me, A minor chord, love is all we need. And he goes E minor. So it shifts there. So you've got, uh, it could be a five, two, six, uh, minor six, because it's an A minor back to yeah. a five. Oh my God. So I think, and I spent a lot of time <laughs> today with the guitar, with the keyboard, um, and I'm pretty sure it's actually in C. Yeah, I can, I can buy that definitely, especially since we got that descending line. So you're really kind of going C. Or, or D down to C or vice versa. And um, he, sorry, the, the way he ends it with that um, uh, banal something so yeah. D minor shouldn't hurt at all. And he lands on the five, mm. which makes sense because it doesn't resolve. So I, I really think uh, just breaking it down I think you're right. note in that opening intro, I really think that that is what it is. I think it's in C because you've got the two, so, but he uses the two to five, two, five. And I'm pretty sure I'm right. I would agree. Wait, so, so what's the first chord of the song? Like the very first chord? C, C, E, G. Because you're oh. detuning, so you've got, and so this is actually E, which. Okay. Well, my, my, my opening notes <laughs> is yes yeah, C E. So you've got a C E G. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much what I what I've got. Yeah, that, that's, that's different. All the stuff I was seeing online about the quarter structure to it. But, but then again, I didn't really dive into myself a lot with my own listening skills, just going by what I was seeing online. So maybe what I was reading is entirely inaccurate to what's actually I, happening. I think people may well, have been also though. Hold on, because the very beginning, this intro right here. Yeah. That's E B E D sharp or E flat C D D A sharp. So the opening intro different mm. than when he starts play when he starts playing the um, the second strain, which is what goes underneath all of the the lyrics. Mm. Hear that. 
Yeah. That's what he's. That's that's your C chord, your G chord, uh, in front gotcha. your seven so, seven. Does, so does that so make maybe, sense? Yeah. So 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not, not sure if I was looking at the accurate uh, chord structures when I was trying to analyze it, analyze it. So maybe the B chords I was talking about are not really part of it. I don't know. <laughs> so I think the opening riff is not really diatonic. It's yeah, yeah. No, definitely not. But it, the yeah. second riff that that is the underscore while well, he's singing the first with each mistake that is the c the one five six seven seven one yeah. i think i mean i did a little bit of a uh, like, back when i was in uma but that's, it's been over 15 years since i've even tried to analyze a song uh, chordal structure wise i i think that you're correct uh heidi i i just wish uh, sadly, I didn't have time to fully analyze it due to work and social obligations this week, which is a shame because, A, the song really deserved the full breakdown treatment. So thankfully, you were there to pick up the slack, right? Oh, definitely. Thank you very much. Thanks well, and Aaron, here, I'm going to send you this in the chat. Yeah. This is what, I, and I looked over everything I possibly could, and this is the best tab that I have found that really was accurate. Nice. Um, and it when I tried it on this, it matched. But there's like there are a few versions out there that are not right. F sharp minor, oh, yeah. not an F sharp yeah, minor, yeah, and it's not in D major. major which major, if you type it in, yeah. almost every site says D major, which is not. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and I saw one. That said, <laughs> and I saw one that said A major. I'm like, I know that's not so, right either. <laughs> so as I told my guitar students for years. People put things online because, and they've been sniffing glue. So this is not, <laughs> so that was not accurate. But the problem is once, uh, I, like I, I ran into this the other day, not related to BNL, just looking up the lyrics for a song, a different song by a different band. And like, I got on one website and I was like, I know that's wrong. I know that's wrong. So I went on another website and someone had just copied and pasted it from the other website. So it just proliferates. Uh, so yeah, that that can easily happen. This kind of musical myth, misinformation. But Tracy, maybe um, if we put like a special asterisk next to this one, I really not that I don't trust Heidi. I just want to kind of take the journey on my own. So maybe I'll share uh, a deeper breakdown. I would love to see if you the were the part. Episode. Like I sent the link. You yeah. Check it out and see, because I'd love to see if if you. Well, are it's great. one of the more interesting songs we've yeah, tackled. Yeah, I, like, like, I didn't have a lot, a lot of time either to go into. It. I'm like, I'm gonna try. It's been a while. Let's see if I can try to analyze. Like, kind of. Yeah. And I ended up messaging Aaron. I'm like, Aaron, what is this actually? Because so I was very confused. You, you've <laughs> all heard me complain and moan about the some of the songs being too simple in the more recent albums, and I'm I'm always quick to say, you know, simple can be beautiful, but like, I, I miss the complexity of the older years. And this is precisely what I'm talking about. This kind of song here where we have three people who, who went to school for music and one who teaches uh, college music. So like, and, and it took us uh, quite a while to even get anywhere with this, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. so as I mentioned, the descending bass tone in the guitar, bass and piano, very compelling, darkly beautiful. Uh, I love the guitar. It's got this Spartan, as I said, almost rusty sound to it, which is kind of programmatic of the feeling of the song, in mm. my opinion. I think that comes from uh, being a drop D, as, as Heidi mentioned, because when you when you detune the guitar and drop it down a little bit, it, it starts the, the strings get looser and they start to kind of jangle a little more and they, they sound a little odd sometimes. Um, and that's something I've really recently like gotten into. I, I started taking guitar lessons mm. back in September to try and i'd never learned that shit before and i we played like once it's it, it, it one time we had to like change the tuning but that's, that's sort of a concept that's kind of alien to me in understanding guitar parts 
Well, I, I love the guitar. I, the guitar sounds lonely, if that's possible. In it this really does. And I think you're right. The drop D mm -hmm. kind yeah. of just, it's like, even when you're dropping your, from your E to your D, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it really changes the timbre as well as the as well as the the notation. Um, the um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it. You know, it's me. I have to make obscure music references uh, to other songs. This song reminds me of two other pieces of music that I really love. One is Puppet Love from the uh, Being John Malkovich soundtrack by Carter Burwell. Mm, uh, Carter Burwell, like one of my favorite bass. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, and then Roses by Skeleton Key. It's got a very kind of similar kind of like uh, salad fingers guitar. <laughs> did you know Carter Burwell did all the music for A Knight's Tale? For what? Carter Burwell did the music for A Knight's Tale. I did not know that. Yeah, I he was the composer tale. for A Knight's Tale. Wow. Um, very interesting. Yeah. So the, the intro and like verses, when I first listened to it, Pretty much give me like sort of a Radiohead vibe feel. Yeah, I can hear that. For the intro and verse section. Oh I yeah, I totally really hear Radiohead. Absolutely. Oh my, like this sounds like something that they would write. It's like this is, it, which which is awesome because I love Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. This sounds like something. That, <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're like. my favorite band, and this is yeah. one of my favorite BNL songs. Um, and I love the contrast <laughs> with the chorus and the verse. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've always had a, a a love for these kind of songs that have this yearning, bittersweet feeling to them. I've always been drawn to to pieces like this, so there's no surprise that I really love this song. And, and I I must say, Paige's vocals are amazing, amazing. on this track. I love the leaps in the melody mm -hmm. where he'll, he'll go from a lower note to a really high note, like an octave or more. Uh, and, and he really swings for the fences. Like, I think perhaps only in Break Your Heart does he go for it even more. I was just going to say, and I don't know if anyone has known about this or done interviews where he's talked about it. Like, I mean, this is the music. It's, it sounds very personal. In, in, oh, yeah. Really oh, yeah. Like, like, is, is there any background on, like, how this song is um, written or why? I don't know. Do you guys have any insight on that? I know he does do some autobiographical stuff sometimes, but <laughs> I think it's usually coded or a little more... Um, he doesn't, he doesn't like go, it's not too literal, but he definitely draws from his own experience, I think. Yeah, but I was just kind of I think he spoke in like literal. The only that place thing? that I think, the only place that I think that he has released any of that kind of information would be on his live from home mm. shows because he is, I've never found anything on the internet. I dug deep this week to try to find it and, and wasn't able to. Um, now he has yeah. played this clearly, a whole bunch of times though. Like BNL has only played this lot, seventeen yeah, this times. Clearly, and, and he clearly identifies it as the amazing yeah. song that it is. <laughs> he he himself has played it fifty three times yeah. live since he wrote it in two thousand. So and and twenty six so three of those, times or more. And twenty six of those times was in the last four years. Yeah, including when we saw him, which was thank goodness because it was amazing to see him play this live. Mm. And that's an underestimate because I know for a fact that he closed the show with it uh, when I saw him do it um, in 2017. No, 2019. Um, so there's that as well. Um, that that there is definitely an underrepresentation on setlist.fm about how often he's played this. 
And BNL hasn't tried to do it themselves since he left. No, because they shouldn't. No, this is a Steve song. This like is you can, a Steve you song. can tell it's, it's a Steve squared song. Totally. Oh, yeah. And I actually reached out to try to see. Uh, I looked everywhere that I could and also reached out to Stephen Duffy to see if he has ever done a cover. Well, not a cover, he wrote it. Yeah. Um, but a version of the song. And I can't find anything online anywhere. I just love that jump that go in the in the song though, where where he goes from this very mournful, soft, uh, treatment of the song to almost an angry, bereft, fully energized sadness, and then drops back to the the bereft again. Mm-hmm. Form of the song is interesting too, though. Yes. And I think that that also the the moodiness, but the, you've got a really interesting form because he doesn't have like the chorus changes. Right. So the chorus is the chorus, but it's different words each time. The how did you break that down, by the way? Because I couldn't in all the things about apologies. He keeps that, and then later where he does the apologies, and then he keeps the I couldn't love you more into the really ramped up and then into that more poppy baby between you and love is all we need and then apologies from my front door and like ah, there's no like ah it's so good i just can't yeah Yeah, it's a very unique song really there's there's not it it, it doesn't fit that perfect mold you would typically see in or something i loved personally the apologies from your car floor Oh my gosh. <laughs> Should we get into the yeah. lyrics? Let's get the lyrics. I, I will ahead, thoroughly admit I do not know what this song is about. I, I find it very poetic. I find it beautiful. I have no idea what he's trying to say. I, I absolutely know what he's trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, to, to a certain extent, I'm with you. I'm not entirely sure. And it's and I just know it's listen, listen to the lyrics. I mean, he's it's just emotionally, it's like just Going in several different directions and coming back around, and like I'm, I'm very curious well, on what people's insight into. All right, I'll do my guess, and then Heidi can tell us what it really means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my notes, I put overwhelming sense of the bittersweet, filled with regret. Seems like a story of self-loathing ruining a relationship. Uh, that old chestnut from Groucho Marx. I wouldn't want to be a member of any kind of club that would have someone like me as a member. Uh, I believe I've spoken about that before in reference to Page. That's a recurring theme we've seen. But this is definitely a Stephen Page song through and through. And this is this is what I miss most about the oh, Page yeah. era of BNL. But yeah, I, I think it seems like he's, he's basically saying like, I couldn't love you more, but it's not enough. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't love you more. I, you know, uh, I, I would if I could, but it's not enough. I I want to attack that lyric, not attack <laughs> it as in a bad thing. But I want to discuss, I love the double meaning of that lyric yeah. that he uses and changes up throughout the song of, I couldn't love you more. As in, like, I couldn't love you more as in, like, I love you so much that I couldn't love you more. Versus the, I couldn't love you more, like, I'm not enough for you. Like, I can't love you enough. And then he switches it up at the end, and and when he yells at the very end, after he says it, but in that I couldn't love you anymore. Almost like he's backing up and doubling up on that statement of I couldn't love you any more than I already do versus the other side of that, which is I couldn't right. love you 
anymore like I'm done loving you because I can't I can't love you anymore. Like I love that he he doesn't explain that. He leaves it open to those double interpretations. Yeah, and I didn't even, I didn't even honestly think about that because I, I kept every time I heard it I was thinking the first interpretation you said. Like uh, and, and and which which didn't seem to exactly fit with a lot of the lyrics sometimes. So that's why that's why that's why it's well, like sort of a multiple roller coaster. Like what he's actually trying to say. Specifically, pay attention to the way that he sings it. You know, I couldn't love you more. Um, it it to me it sounds like exasperation more than anything. You know what I mean? Uh, but but Heidi, what do you think? Yeah, I I think so too. I think that uh, yeah. obviously a relationship song with a he thinks is weak because he has a tendency to, to think <laughs> so it that. Seems. Um, but to think that he is, it's that weird conundrum we always get from Stephen that he thinks that he's, you know, all of that, but then he second guesses himself, but then, well, that's who I am. So the even the opening, um, you, with each mistake you bend or break, with every word I choose, you only seem to bruise, which is powder blue. That like I've got a bruise right here. That is yeah. a powder blue color from what I hit. Oh wow! So there you go. Or was your suitor too? Powder blue always did you. That that light, that sensitivity, that um. Or was your suitor too? Your suitor, your lover too? Until you've been bruised so much. Yeah, until so, you're powder blue. Whatever. Yeah. Or until you're dead. And then where oh! you're going off the deep end. So you're like throwing all this stuff at me oh. and saying, this is it. We're over. He's doing that whole, okay, well, I got to say, I'm sorry. I got to do this. And then apologies from my front door. Yeah. So she's his door and she's like, I'm out. And he's like, oh, I couldn't love you more. But then again, the bell was cracked. Your sense is sacked. What once seemed civilized in fear was paralyzed. I made love blind. Now that could be a double reference there to mm. I made love while I wasn't even thinking about you. Or like there's a bunch of ways you could take that. I lost my mind. And now I'm over you, which is the this best line in the freaking song. And I'm not under you. Under you. <laughs> and then That's we so thought we'd drive forever. Now line. is it okay if I walk you to your car? Yeah. <laughs> He's leaving from his apartment. He's going to walk her to the car, and then they make out and have sex in the car. And then apologies from your car floor. <laughs> and then apologies. Exactly. And then right. the other greatest line in the song, but something so, I never thought you could ever fall <laughs> into my life, but something so light, powder blue, very sensitive, very light, you fell into my life, and something so light, shouldn't hurt when they fall at all like it's but it does hurt because love hurts love hurts <laughs> love so yeah and i just got another reference as you were reading that because the other thing that i think of with powder blue and i wish i could remember which movie uses it the most or i've seen it the most because of is when people think of tuxedos, they go black or they go powder blue. Well, they did in 1978. Or Dumb and Dumber. I was just going to say, I'm trying to think of a time when I saw someone in a powder blue tuxedo. Dumb and Dumber. He wears a powder blue suit. Right. Like a lot, like when you see those those people that are, are wearing the weird colored tuxedos, 
Um, I thought I saw Steve Martin in one once. Right. But, I mean, you think of the people that wore the weird ones, and it was always like, like you would, <laughs> I want to say Marty McFly, but he wore white. Yeah. But, like, the people who always wore the weird colored tuxes, it was always a powder blue instead of. I wish I could pick out the movie. Pretty, that I was thinking, thinking big, of. but I'm pretty oh, sure it's a white sexy. Um, there's something about Mary. I think yeah. he was wearing, he wearing an orange or a powder blue. I think it was orange, actually. So that line, uh, uh, is it okay if I walk you to your car, which leads into apologies from your car floor, reminded me of, uh, so now we're in the bath from Conventioneers, like yes. also from Maroon. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that a lot. There's another song too that's got a similar line to that. Um, oh, it. Um, uh, I think. Well, there are some parts of "In the Car" too. Um, and I love how he is describing yes. in those yes. two sentences. He is describing the whole relationship mm -hmm. in a way. Now, is it okay <laughs> that if I walk you to your car? Apologies from your yeah. car floor. So, like, we're always on again, off again. Like, we, you, you know, we are in such a bad spot that I'm, I'm asking just to be able to walk you to your car because you're leaving for good. Oh well, that, yeah, we, uh, we just had that? sex. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I said goodbye. I guess she lifted up her dress. We made out one more time. It's the same. And is he apologetic message. for that at that point? Did he? What, are we talking about? Like uh, pre, pre immature ejaculation. Uh, that wasn't my that wasn't my take yeah. on it, Tracy. I think it was more like, sorry that we hooked yeah. up again when I was trying to break up with you, <laughs> and we just break, it's breakup sex. Yeah. Oh, like one last <laughs> rolling the hay, you know. It's but how many times? Not that I'm speaking from experience, but how many times does that? <laughs> Breakup sex turn into makeup sex, and then you're like, "Oh, this," you know. To quote uh, Job from Arrested Development, "I've made a huge mistake." Right. Well, and the line, "Baby, between you and me, love is all yeah. you have yes. in your heart," so I could watch it bleed. bleed. I'm a yeah. I'm a total dick, and Stephen is a total dick in so many. <laughs> he knows he's being a dick, and she is like, I, I, I feel for this girl. Yeah, same. Honestly, I'm like, you were just. Oh, see, I took that as such a slap in the face statement, though. You held out your heart so I could watch it. Well, it is, but I think yeah. like you, it, you are. Derisively. Like, he's like, I, I don't think that he he's not. It's not him coming to terms with it. It's more heart. like, oh, yeah, so you showed me your heart so I could watch it bleed. It's like, I think it's, yeah, I think he's being kind of a dick here. That, I mean, that's just my reason. Yeah. Oh, that's totally a dick statement. <laughs> like, you're the one that put it out there. So, you know, you bruise too easily. You are like. Oh, that is, yeah, that line. You bruise so easily. Powder blue always suited you. It reminds me of the guys that are like, well, you're just. Not mature enough for me or you're too sensitive or you know you want too much from me and i'm not ready for that kind of commitment <laughs> it's not like it's columbia house um, <laughs> hold on there baby i'm not ready for that kind of commitment for that kind of commitment <laughs> sorry we had to throw out a weird owl reference um but yeah this is like she is like i just imagined her as being this sweet young girl who was more in love with him than he was in her yeah. with her 
And it's like, but I'll still do you one more time in your car, <laughs> not in my house. I've watched you from my door where I've told you I don't want to be with you anymore because you're too sensitive and like everything I say bruises you because you can't take you can't take any criticism or you're too sensitive. And but I'm gonna walk you to my car and we'll just do it in your car. Yeah. Like I was more in bed upstairs, but no. Um and <laughs> and I can't love you anymore because you love me more than I love you. That's that's this song. See, you needed, like I said, way back in last October, you needed a woman's perspective. This like never <laughs> oh, yeah. what it means. <laughs> Oh yeah, I totally agreed with you on that because yeah. No, one hundred percent. No, I love it. That's why. Although I still would have said that Steven oh, was yeah. a, He's a the song without a woman's perspective. A, a, a kid in this song. I love you, Steven. I I freaking love you. You know that. But seriously, with like, come on. Yeah, we shouldn't say that that Steven's a dick in the song. Oh, oh, the yeah. narrator. The narrator. No, the narrator's a dick in this. Song. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. Steven, we know you listen. Come on the show, please. No, Steven. No, this <laughs> is the, that, some okay. of the most and this is brilliant line. writing ever. Within, under, understand, this is all within the context of us praising this song. And now I'm yeah. over you as I'm not under you because I'm over you because we're not going to have sex anymore and that's all I really... Yeah. Well, we, we say all this yes. within the context of saying this is one of our favorite songs, so... <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, so good. Well, and with the... At that opening line, with each mistake, you either bend or break, but not you. Everywhere I choose, you seem to bruise. Like, oh! Exactly. No matter what I say, you can't, like, take, you can't take a, a, a criticism. So much gaslighting in this song. So much. And, and I, I think that that goes into, once again, that, that manic, that, that inability to to stick to one emotion in this song, that gaslighting emotion of like he he comes across as so sweet and and caring and and sad, and then just into this rage depression in the middle piece there, and then he's back to sweet again. It's a very abusive type direction. Rage and depression is the name of my new band. Rage depression, <laughs> yeah. Did you guys listen to the live version of this song? Yes. Yes. Um, I don't think I, I, I'm not sure if I listened to the live one other than the one time I heard it live at that concert. Um, I spent most of my day listening to the studio one. So when B&L did this live, like the three different times I was able to find online where they do it live, during that bridge, not only do we have Steven's vocals we have Ed doing the low harmony off those vocals. And it is so what? flipping beautiful that I wish it was on the real, on the, on the actual that studio. That sounds version. awesome. Let me play it for you guys real quick. Because once I noticed it, I couldn't help but continue hearing it. And it's just, it's gorgeous. Yeah. my gosh i just noticed no. something that i hadn't watched noticed in like four other viewings of this it is not just ed doing the low vocals on that or the low harmonies it's ed and tyler doing huh. the low harmonies on that 
I don't know if Jim is because they don't show Jim, but it is both Ed and Tyler doing low harms on that. If I could take that and edit that into the regular song, I would. That would bring it all. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to an audio engineer here, but I would love. Oh my gosh, I'd love to have like the individual (laughs) tracks to some of these recordings and just be able to like solo some or mute some or like bring some up and remix some of these and just kind of be able to play with them a little bit. That'd be really cool. Now, the other thing, did you guys happen to listen to the um, to the demo version of this song? No. No, I did not. All right. What, what's the demo version? It is... It, I will play the demo version for you. I, I'm telling you, like, don't let this sway you. Um, if anything, let it sway you in the thank goodness they changed it and did a much better version of this later. Um Don was, thank you for all the changes that you made with this song. Um, (laughs) I will now play the demo version, at least some of it, of Powder Blue. version as you can hear what i noticed most in that is that the instruments are much more upfront it almost becomes a pearl jam oh yeah, type song yeah, yeah. at that That's point interesting. That's an interesting comparison oh yeah it's um i i like i like the change no like, i said i mean it's it's and that version's still good it's still enjoyable but it's the new version is better like the the actual one they ended up with i actually believe it or not and this is probably going to Confuse many longtime listeners. <laughs> I liked the version that we heard live at the show first because it was very stripped down, and yes. I would just love to hear just Stephen and, and the the guitar with us. You know what I mean? Like that's all it needs, and it's it's so soul crushing when he's just it's just him and, and the guitar, and it's it's just so barren, and it's so like I said, it's lonely and like, so to, to not to, not to drag this out with the lyrics, but yeah, like some of the things that are said are pretty dickish, but you also do feel for the narrator. You know what I mean? Even though I, I do feel worse for, for the, the girlfriend in this situation, this guy has got some serious issues and is very, very unhappy. And, you know, I, I, w- I would wish in a perfect world that they could both be happy with or without each other. So it's kind of like, it's a, well, break your heart is like that too. Yeah. Like yeah. you can, you feel for the other person. Like I didn't mean to break your heart. Like, <laughs> right. um, you know, the bravest thing I've ever done is to run away from hot and hide, but not this time. I'm brave enough to tell you, I don't want to be with you anymore. Sorry. <laughs> like, so it's, it's kind of like that too. I, in a way, I think you're right. I like, so I'm not in that relationship, but maybe, okay, yeah, well, I, this is the way I am and I'm going to say it like it is. And if you're too sensitive to take it, then I'm sorry. Like I need somebody stronger. So I kind of get your point, Aaron, but he's still, it's the narrator still a 
bastard. Oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. I just, I have empathy. The narrator has a long, long way to go in terms of growth. I, I'm just, cap I'm <laughs> capable of having empathy for bastards, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that, Putin. Please uh, come on the show. Um, <laughs> well. Speaking of dickheads. <laughs> I'd like to lambaste him. Just <laughs> well, apparently, specifically, uh, a lot of people in Ukraine are writing Putin as a dickhead on things. So they, it all ties in together. See, it, it works in. in. Yeah, it does. Well, speaking of hey, tying in, I would on? love to. That's <laughs> Thank you for jumping me on that one. That was great. Um, I, As always, last time we had Jason on the show, Jason talked about alcohol um and we did we talked about alcohol on the alcohol segment and there this song is very original like it is there's not much out there like it and there are no drinks out there named powder blue i don't know how that happened but i i would love it if jason can you create the first ever powder blue well tracy i have done this <laughs> Um, so when you told me about this song, um, and we discussed me coming on as a guest, um, and you said the idea of, hey, make a drink based off it. I'm like, okay. Um, and my first thought is to finally experiment with something I've been wanting to experiment with alcohol in a long time, which is known as luster dust, which is basically, Ooh. yeah. So it's basically mostly used for baking. It's like this glittery powder. Um, but if you put in alcohol, it creates a very shimmering, like almost galaxy-like effect. It's really cool. Which um, I have to, just to jump in, I have to point out, given what Heidi brought up for facts about where powder blue came from, to, like tonight with yeah. the powdered cobalt, perfect, amazingly oh, perfect. Yeah. By, by the way, this and, 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 and this drink comes out like, would you agree this like very cobalt blue when it came out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so essentially, um, before we get into the actual drink, what we would do is you would take your glass and you put this. Um, Luster dust, this blue glittery powder, into the glass and then sort of coat the inside of the glass with it. Ooh. So you put that aside. And then essentially to make the drink, it is some muddled blueberries, an ounce and a half of blueberry vodka, Ooh. a half ounce of hypnotic, a half ounce of lemon juice, a half ounce of blue curacao, and... The, what I'm really proud of is the coming up with the um, basically I made a homemade cardamom simple syrup. Ooh! Um, so essentially, made my own simple syrup and just added some cardamom to it to infuse that flavor, and then use half ounce of that in with the drink. You shake the whole thing up and then you double strain it into your glass and then garnish with some blueberries. Um, either you might throw it into the drink itself or if you have a bar pick, they can put the blueberries, on, spear that onto that and then put that in the drink. The bar pick is nice because if you put the blueberries on that to garnish, you can do a quick stir in the cocktail to get that powder mixed in with the drink and then serve it. And so far, one person has tried this drink other than me. So, Aaron, what are your thoughts when you tried this drink as someone who, who didn't make it trying? Give it to us it honest, was, Aaron. It was, no, brutally honest, it, it was delicious. Um, it's, I, I have a, there's a classification of beverages, that uh, adult beverages that I refer to as candy water, right? So, which is basically like, they, but the thing, okay, so candy water is any kind of like, quote unquote, girl drink, right? But- is the thing. 
So we've all, drinks. We, yes. we, we've all, I was just thinking about that, that kids in the hall sketch, girl drink drunk with Dave Foley, but um, yes. <laughs> he's, in the, he's, in the, he's in the closet drinking like daiquiris, <laughs> but um, no, uh, I, I mean, I like a drink that tastes good. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So like, um, but the thing about Toos that I've always appreciated is the Toos knows how to make a very strong drink that still Wait, tastes like very booze yeah. forward drink. It, you heard the, you heard the ingredients. It's mostly vodka, and then there's some other liqueurs mixed in there, yeah. and a little bit of lemon juice, a little bit of simple syrup. The star the star of the show is the blueberry vodka, yeah. and it's just everything else is sort of just blending in yeah. with that flavor. But like, it, it's legitimate. Like, think of like uh, you know, you take something simple like a screwdriver, right? You could have more or less orange juice, but if you if you ever tasted a screwdriver that was mostly orange juice, right? Imagine that taste, but move the flavor profile to blueberry but make it have the alcoholic content of a mostly vodka screwdriver. <laughs> and that's, that's what the powder blue is. And it's very successful in delivering a large quantity of alcohol into your system while tasting like candy water. Yeah. So I think it's a very successful tooth. And yeah. I, I think- we these... all get together at one point. Sounds we'll good to me. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. I drink so, one again in a heartbeat. And if people are interested in uh, seeing me actually make this drink and other drinks, um, then feel free to follow. I have a uh, TikTok channel where I do a lot of videos there. Um, you can also get there by going to whatsinadrink.com. What's in a drink is the are we, name. Are we putting the recipe up on the in the show no, in the liner notes? So by then, I, 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 it I can should get that be up. To do. Um, I also plan on getting the video posted uh, at the time this show airs, so people can go right to whatsinadrink.com and find that video and watch it there too. Sweet. And the other thing is, um, Tuz, when this is up on TikTok and whatsinadrink.com, I also plan on uh, tagging this to Steven because this is a this is a drink specifically named for Steven. We will nice. be, yeah, be tagging awesome. him on this. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I, Steven needs to know that he has his own drink now. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I do I do plan on maybe later on expanding to other platforms. Right now, all my drink recipes are on TikTok, and uh, what's in a drink.com will just bring you directly to my TikTok page where the videos are. Well, that leads me into our ratings, and I my question for everyone is: It sounds like we have a lot of lovers of this oh, song definitely. tonight. So, <laughs> I I want to ask you: How many powder blues would you drink while listening Ooh, to this song? Lovely. Oh. Look, I, I don't know if I, I, don't, I don't know if I should drink five, but I would for the song. <laughs> and well, it's a five-minute song, so you got plenty of time. <laughs> but yeah, this I, this is this is easily. Um, I, I was told the ratings of the ratings is zero to five in the show, right? Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. correct. So definitely a five. With any decimal the number, I can give it on the show. The five is what you're getting from me. So this is this is at this point, if not my favorite, at least in my top five favorites by. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. We got our guests in already. Aaron, since we're on that side of the camera. <laughs> um, well, so I'm trying to think of the songs I, I know of for sure that I've given a five to. I know Brian Wilson, um, uh, Enid, The Flag, appropriately enough, Alcohol. Uh, all fives for me. And I would most certainly put powder blue in that very very revered uh, company so i have absolutely no reservations about saying that i would happily drink five powder blues while listening to powder <laughs> blue uh, out of five it's a fantastic song and i absolutely love it heidi 
Sorry, I'm drunk. Big response today. I'll catch up to you, Heidi. Sorry, I'm drunk. I am drunk. I've had uh, five of those lovely with a sippy straw and a cherry on top because every drink is better. Accoutrements. With a maraschino cherry. I'm just saying. And an umbrella. So I'm adding the like five powder blues, an umbrella, like some some fruit in there, and yeah, and a big old sippy straw. Or maybe one of those giant straws that's like your name spelled out. Heidi has not only drunk the drink, yeah. she has dropped in about 20 blueberries <laughs> into it, let it soak overnight. Right. Right. <laughs> I remember how excited you were, Heidi. I could see in your eyes and I believe you actually did say holy shit. And, and then I was like, okay, this is going to be mm -hmm. a good one. And yes, it was. <laughs> it is that good. It is that good. Which I know you knew from my girlish screams when he <laughs> decided to play it, where I believe I said um, something like, holy shit, or something like that. I'm pretty sure I uh, <laughs> let the flag fly when he... Uh, I punched you, I think. No, Heidi, to be... To be clear, you punched me. <laughs> did your arm bruise powder blue, Tracy, after she punched you? I think I, was I, like, I believe it did, ironically <laughs> enough. I did punch you. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. You found Tom Bruce. Was it powder blue? Oh. <laughs> I am so sad because this this song is so damn good, and yet, and thank God he performs it yeah. as much as he oh, does yeah. because it should. Yep be on an album album like see you do an album where you put it on, like i was hoping he would put it on vanity project and he didn't and i was like ah why isn't it on there because i <sighs> yeah i don't understand why it's not on vanity project it has every reason to be on that album yeah I, it still blows me away it got denied off the first album it was supposed to be on that just and I think it's because it was on the Pinch Me single, and maybe he felt that, you know, he wasn't going to put it on Vanity, but I don't know. Oh, maybe because then it would be a cover of something that they did. Because he doesn't do any of the ones that, that he and Steven wrote together, but were covered by, or done by Bare Naked Ladies. So, yeah. That that sort of makes sense, but it would... Right. So, I did have a question for everyone. Does this song belong on Maroon? And and the I mean the most obviously the person I I want to ask this to the most of course is you Heidi because you know the whole album of Maroon inside and out as much as I do. You know, yes, I just to give a clarification, Maroon is only a fifty-two minute album. It's not like they yeah yes. He could have kept it on. I'm looking like too little, too late. Go home. It could have been in between go home and sell, sell, sell. Um, it could have been be between never do anything and falling for the first time. Um, 
They could have kept like, this on there. And then and I think it would have fit. Would have fit because he, they end the album with convention years, baby seat, tonight is the night. So that's a good strong ending. I think well, or I'll, in between falling and humor. He could have put it, but like I think it should have been on there. It's a short album. Yeah, song. It should have been on there. Well, the, the Maroon came out in two, in two thousand, right? So like, uh, hidden tracks were yeah. still pretty big. This could have been a wonderful hidden track at the very end to close well, out. Well, they the already album had. Too. They already had the mm. hidden track of Hidden Sun. Yeah, they already had hidden. Yeah, oh, wow, hidden okay. Sun well, was on there. Or or not. But so this was <laughs> once again. It'd be a strong close. This was the theme album that that Steve wanted it to be that theme of, that almost like a play in a, within the show uh, within the album. I mean. And I still think that that would have fit into this album's theme of like people who continue to make mistakes in their lives and, and need to change and need to improve. Like it fits right in there. So I personally, I, I see no reason that this shouldn't have been on there. Um, and you know what, later on when we resequence our albums, um, you know, you might think I'm a psycho and, you know, maybe, you'll think that I killed the perfect album, but you know what? Maybe I'm just a talking head. Oh! Let's see what you did there. You know, I'm going to pause it. My headcanon is this is the couple from Conventioneers, like, a few months later. Oh! They hooked up at the convention. Again, it goes back to my idea that we could create the perfect musical out of their... Oh, yes. Agreed. If they could do it with Alanis... And um, they could do it with YouTube. I mean, oh yeah, Green Day. Green, Green Day. Day. Yeah. And they can then they can do it with BNO. So I haven't given the the microphone over to Stefan. Stefan, what did you think about this song? Uh I thought Power Blue was alright. I uh, it never really jumped out at me. It, I kind of got like a a nineties vibe from it, like a sound garden or STP or something of that nature. Um, kind of, yeah, it never like jumped out like, oh, this is an awesome song. You know, it's not like Spoon Man, you know, but, uh, I thought it was all right, you know, N nothing like, wow, this is great, but, uh, eh, it's a song that I think they used as a filler. Okay. Interesting. Tell, tell me why you think that. Uh, cause it wasn't overwhelmingly good. Uh, but I mean, I didn't, uh, I didn't read the lyrics or anything. Um, I, I wasn't able to get into the lyrics too, too much, but knowing bare naked ladies is probably something deep in double on or triple entendre. And, um, but I just didn't, I didn't understand what they were saying too, too much. Um, and I thought the, the music was eh, kind of nineties ish. Okay. So zero to five, what would you give this song? I would say a 2.6. And I haven't given my rating yet. Um, Because during our discussion tonight, I did not know what the song really meant. And as we went through it, the lyrics all clicked. Heidi, Aaron, Jason, thank you so much for helping me. You're welcome. <laughs> with really understanding these lyrics. Because it has changed my score. Um Ooh. It started out with a 4.45, um, okay, which is a very, a very uh, great score. But 
and this is not because you guys, uh, because of your score, this is this is uninfluenced except for by helping me really delve into and and appreciate this song for what it is. Steven, you, this needs to be released officially somewhere because this this is a five. Yes, consensus. Woohoo! It's Five, 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 we'll have Unless to see Stephen what Stephen says about it, yeah. <laughs> if he gives us a one, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to throw something. <laughs> yeah, this is the first five song that we've had in a long yeah. time. That's amazing. It definitely earned that five. It's a great song. I would like to take credit for that five. <laughs> um, um, and so the appearance this week is, by the way, it's my passionate, endearing love for this song. <laughs> um, my my appearance for this week is um, that around this time, two thousand and one, Stephen, Kevin, and Tyler all appeared on Stephen Duffy's Lilac Time Lilac Six CD. Um, they're on the songs Jeans and Jeans and the Summer, Entourage, Fog Lights. Forrest Brown and Dance Out of the Shadows. By the way, absolutely gorgeous. I I listened to Steve's cover of Entourage on his page, not page one, uh, on his was it Discipline, Heidi? The, oh yeah, the uh, Instinct. Yeah. I think it was Instinct. Instinct. Um, I think it was I, Instinct. Yeah. I don't like his covers. I don't. I, I appreciate what he was trying to do with doing something slightly different there, but I. I love the original with Steven's voice in it, mixed with Stephen Duffy's voice. It the original of Entourage is amazing, and Jeans and Summer is really really cool. Um, I wasn't able to get rid of get a hold of the rest of the album, and the Japanese version of this disc actually includes a bonus what? disc that has Dance Out of the Shadows, Kiss Me, The Girl Who Waves at Trains, and Looking for a Day in the Night. With BNL uncredited as the backing band. Whoa! Wow. So I have now found my new my new disc that I need to search out on eBay because I I have to listen to this. It's got to be out there. Oh, I'm sure it's just probably impossible to get. Now I've got to now I've got to look that up. <laughs> well, while you're looking that up, next week's listener uh, listeners can come back next week and listen to our discussion of a very very early tune of Psycho Killer. Well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, uh, Jason, for oh, joining us. It was a pleasure, absolutely. Thank you for just introducing me to the song, like just in you know going to show with you guys because. Yeah, I'm glad you guys found that. was fun, man. Oh, I'm so glad. I may have discovered my favorite one by the band at the same time. Yay! Yeah, we'll see you next time. Same as it ever was. (laughs) (laughs) Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. We're on a road to nowhere now, guys, so we probably should go. Oh. Oh. Well, I hope that our trip to go see Steven wasn't once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. You guys have to come visit my house. It's in the middle of the street. Wait, that's madness. Wait, what? How did you get madness into? This is madness, I'm so all right. Confused. Well, little baby wants to stay up late, so we.
That's my favorite song of theirs, really. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 